Makoto Etene Ahi Ahi. Welcome to the panel at RNZ National. Good afternoon. Kia mo tono mai koto katoa coming up on the program. All non organic bread making wheat flour in Aotearoa will be fortified with folic acid within the next two years. The supplement has been proven to prevent birth defects like spina bifida, and our guest today says the 8th of July will be remembered as a momentous day for public health in New Zealand. We're already getting responses about folic acid on our uh, text 2101. And it's almost a year since National presented their new leader to the electorate, Judith Collins. A year on, how has it gone for them? And a woman is recovering from surgery with lifelong facial injuries after being brutally attacked by a pit bull at an uh, Onihanga field in Auckland. We talk with her husband, LaSalle Carr, as a warning to others around large and aggressive dogs. And the colourful road safety trial in Nelson has been called childish and dangerous by locals. Plus, we take a look at the football. Uh, today, I'm with Dr. Claire Robinson, Pro Vice Chancellor of the College of Creative Arts at Massey. University and Professor of Communication Design. Also, as you know, a political historian, uh, Dr. Robinson. Kia ora. Nice to have you back on the program. Thank you, Wallace. Nice to be here. Yeah, and also today, Raven Cand, comedian, MC, and after-dinner speaker. Raven, welcome to you too. Why, thank you, Wallace. Lovely to be here. Right, so we have our wonderful guests this afternoon, Claire and Raven, and with our story of the day, none other than Rob Kelly. Kia ora, Rob. Kia ora. Accept no imitations. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wallace, when was the last time you built a sandcastle? Very recently, very recently. I've become a bit of a pro because, as you know, I have a little uh, toddler uh, and it's all sandcastle central so <laughs> in is my he, place. is he sandcastle mad? Oh, stop it. Huge, huge. Okay. Uh, and weirdly, I've got back into it. I get quite competitive because you've got to get the sand right. If it's t- you, you'd, you'd know this, Raven. You've got to get the sand just right or else the little turrets uh, don't stay Put, right? Is it about the consistency? Are we talking about the moisture content? You know it. You know it. It's all about your turrets. <laughs> it's all about the quality of your sand as well, I think. Claire, are you a big sandcastle no, builder? No, not at all. Okay. Um, well, maybe I can Where are inspi- you taking us today, maybe Rob? I, maybe I can inspire you all. So uh, the world's tallest sandcastle has just been completed in Denmark. Uh, it's over 20 metres tall. Mm. and has over 5,000 tonnes of sand in it. Um, But it's a bit controversial because it's three metres taller than the previous record holder, which was in Germany in 2019. So there's a bit of a European sandcastle arms race (laughs) underway. Um, They are truly amazing structures. Uh, And this particular one was designed by a man called Wilfred Steger. And he has built this, it looks like a piece of art, it really does. And on top of it is a model of the coronavirus wearing a crown. And his statement of intent is to show that the coronavirus is ruling our lives through his chosen medium of sandcastle. How many metres high was it again, Rob? Uh, 21.16 metres, which is almost 70 feet. When they say sand... Do they mean concrete? Yeah. Uh, so there is controversy, as I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, is it sand? Well, what? How much sand is sand? You know. Uh, uh, so the structure is ten percent clay, mm. and there is also, and this line really made me laugh, 
a layer of glue. Glue? <laughs> and, and coming from Denmark, probably a lot of it's Lego as well. <laughs> a Lego superstructure. Yeah. I mean, I could see the benefit of that in a non-competition format. <laughs> you know? are, there, are there international rules that go along with sandcastle making? There like do this? appear to be rules. Yeah. I, and um, I would say one of the rules is no glue. <laughs> yeah. Well, might say that you can do glue. You'd think no glue and no clay would be up there. But no appara- timber. You couldn't do it in New Zealand. Health and safety rules would prevent mm. doing uh, 70 that feet. Yeah. It's really quite high. Yeah. And I think at that level, I would want at least one layer of glue. I'm just looking at the photos now. I'm looking at the images, and this is not, this is not sandcastling. Uh, as we know it. As we know it. This is really something quite different. Hey? This is not a little turret with a shell on top. Uh, Are you feeling uh, insignificant? <laughs> uh, yeah. This sounds I like the actually... sort of thing that a wave would not knock over. Exactly, Raven. That's right. But when you think about it, buildings are actually just sand. Well, what? Yeah, I mean, everything's okay. sand. Philosophical, clear. Is it the solar system? You know, probably sand. Oh, by just, that it's just in the form of concrete sand. It's very but, true. I mean, it's just where do you draw the line between what we're, is sand and what just is concrete? Atoms, aren't we? <laughs> When it comes down to an atomic level. You're bringing up the where do you draw the line argument so soon on the panel. <laughs> Gosh. Well, uh, we, may not, we may not I'm have... <laughs> we may not have 70-foot sandcastles here, or at least none that I'm aware of, but there is a very robust sandcastling competition circuit in yes. New Zealand. Is there? Uh, oh. That makes its way around the country. Uh, and one of the big events is on Takapuna Beach in March no. every year. So I think, Wallace, that we should start thinking about your and Wallace Jr.'s effort uh, for next March, of which I'm very happy to come and assist. But there are judging criteria. So the first one is as high as possible, which is a bit like building cathedrals in the Middle Ages. Um, Let's not dig into why men want to build things so high. Um, The second thing is creation of logos. And, uh, You're not allowed to create a sty- logo. Well, you need to kind of have stylistic structures, but also try and put the um, the logos of the sponsors of the event. Oh, of course, in, in the sand. sand castle. I mean, I you hate to see art mm. like influenced by commerce. Um, oh, never. But anything yeah. that incorporates ice cream or ice blocks, perspective design, or somehow promotes sustainability. Okay. Uh, adds points. So I don't know. I kind of agree with you, Wallace. I think there is a certain rudimentary pleasure. I was never very good at <laughs> sandcastles. What I was really good at was dams. Oh, oh no. moats. Yeah, moats. Yeah. Moats. Yeah. Uh, now you're talking. Yeah. Uh, what, I, what I'd like to see, in fact, I didn't know there was a fraternity of sandcastling, and I'm going to try and get them on the panel tomorrow. <laughs> but what I'd, like, what I'd like to promote is uh, for, the, for the New Zealand Sandcastle Federation, why don't you book in... Uh, uh, for your after-dinner event, Raven Can and Dr. Claire Robinson on where does one draw the line with sandcasting? We could talk about that about any subject. <laughs> That's right. I actually really, really like the idea of an extremely harsh judging panel. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Best in Show, the oh. film, film from the nose. It's just really interrogating. What was your intent? Well, that's um, what it's like at university, I have to say. If you go and do design or fine art, that's what we ask all the time. What's it called? Okay. A critical session. A crit. A crit. Yeah. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Right, okay. uh, yeah, it's it's a really terrifying process. I lived with design <laughs> students, and it really didn't oh, do good things to them. Um, there is one massive sandcastle building competition in the world on the Magdalene Islands, uh, and that looks like the real business. You know, there are teams that are coming in. Uh, they've got budgets, tens of thousands of dollars, 21 teams, about 20 people in each team, uh, and it just looks like an incredible well, competition uh, sport. As a final point, look, I'm an engineering geologist, says one. Fine-grained soil dominates the behaviour of any soil. The, uh, 
There what only is this needs... a text message you just received? Yes. There only needs to be about 25% clay for a soil to be classified as a clay, raven, even if mostly sand. 10% clay is pushing it for the soil used for it to be considered a sand. So we're getting the real deal. Well, that just feels like an extremely good answer to that question. Thank you very much. <laughs> So he's pushing he's pushing the boundary, Wilfred, but he has done it, and All I can right. only imagine that Germany is plotting its new structure. Kia ora, Rob. Okay, ora. let's get into time for I've been thinking. Uh, Dr. Robinson, you start. All right. Well, I've been thinking about electoral reform, which wasn't a particularly sexy subject, um, but on Tuesday I gave an oral submission to the Justice Select Committee on um, as part of its three-yearly inquiry into the last general election. And in my submission, I recommended that they look at um, reform of the broadcasting allocation, which is the amount that um, the government appropriates every three years to allow political parties to present their messages to the public through forms of broadcasting and online. And I pointed out that the current way that it's allocated is very unfair because it's biased in favour of the, the, um, the incumbent parties, and in particular the two major parties in Parliament who have all the resources – all the news media attention and donor funding. And it's very biased against all the small parties who don't have very many resources but who need it most. No. And um, and while I was uh, there, I was um, speaking just after the Outdoors Party, who basically made the same plea to the government to or to, to the legislators to enable them to get more access to broadcast allocation money. But as I was sitting there watching 12... Um, MPs around the select committee table whose primary motive is to uh, <clears throat> enable um, their parties to get back into power, I just felt really depressed about the um, the future of our democracy in New Zealand. And I was left wondering how on earth you can make electoral reform in this country without, um, without having to go to something as expensive as a royal commission when decisions are currently left to people who have no desire to see change and entirely motivated mm-hmm. by self-interest. So it's not a particularly positive or... No, very interesting, um, yeah. But it, but it is a really big problem for us in, in New Zealand in right. terms of um, diverse voices and minority parties and, um, yeah, so okay. not quite yeah, sure what you. the answer is. Raven can, I've been thinking. Oh, I wish I could have. Um, I, w- I wish I could contribute to that to, to Claire's idea. So this is well, if me. you want to, you, you, you can. And you no, because then your... I then I sort of feel like I wasn't thinking. I, then I feel like I came in <laughs> unprepared, and I wouldn't want you to think that. So this is uh, this is about. Um, I've always had this bugbear whenever the Department of Statistics, um, or indeed the media, quoting the Department of Statistics, talk about the percentage of. Um, New Zealand's population that are Asian, and it's just a bugbear because the word uh, Asians always conjures to me one thing, and I and I believe it conjures to your general um, listener or person one thing. But uh, but I think people are not terribly good with um, numbers or even background. So let me let me tell you what the the headline from the Department of Stats was. This happened this month. I wrote a, a piece about it. Um, it showed up in stuff. They said that New Zealand's Asian population would be 25% by 2043. So there's a bunch of numbers in there. Um, and 25% by 2043, and I guess people are thinking, oh, is, it, is a quarter a lot? It depends. Who knows? When is 2043? Is that a long time away? Um, and FYI, now... And I realize I've got like five seconds to tell this. Uh, at the moment, the Asian population 
is 15%. Uh, and, but I always think, well, but what do you mean by Asian? Yeah. And this is the thing that, that gets me. I think people assume that Asian means one thing. But if you think about um, the countries that are included under that definition, it goes China, India, all the countries adjacent to all of those places, and including Afghanistan. So actually, globally, yes, time. the Asian population yeah. is 60 